0: Welcome back. It is the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I hope you had a great 4th of July long weekend. Hope you stayed cool and comfortable and uh, had meaningful memories made. Boop. Meaningful memories. That's, uh, that's what the purpose of the holidays is. Really, right? Getting together with family and friends, boats on a lake, barbecues and ball games, noodle salad as described by Melvin Udall, Jack Nicholson's character in As Good As It Gets. Some people have happy stories, stories of days on lakes with boats and people. Nobody in this car, but some people have those stories. Anyway, hope you had a great uh, 4th of July weekend weekend. I did. Uh, I, I didn't watch any of the racing in Chicago over the weekend. I'm you know, i I'm not a fan of the sport, and I'm not going to talk more than 30 seconds about it. What I get a kick out of is sports radio when NASCAR has to get discussion because it's in your backyard and how the guys who have their names on the shows don't know any other than John Yurkovich, Yurko, I don't know anything about auto racing. That's uh, that's humorous to me. It's really lowbrow, uh, and it doesn't give me much of a reason to listen. So, do you get scared when you drive? Oh, please, 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 just go back to worrying about the White Sox or uh, what's what's going on with the Cubs front office and whether Jed Hoyer deserves to continue to be the the boss of the Cubs. I'll get to baseball. In just a few minutes. I am uh, more than anything today, and I know this is a couple of days on the shelf now because the news broke Friday. I am more than anything today desirous of talking about ESPN's cutbacks and the firings that were announced Friday via the New York Post about 20 major personalities. Everybody salute major personalities Uh, Some of the biggest names at ESPN, studio hosts and sideline reporters and game analysts, and um, this this is not a surprise. Nothing should be a surprise at this point in, in any walk of life in the broadcast business or in media in general. The way technology is always evolving and the way there are so many competitors to steal away your thunder. And that's why ESPN is in financial peril right now, because subscriptions are way down over the last year. I read something over the weekend, over the last year, ESPN is down something like 25 percent uh, in terms of homes that now get ESPN, because you know why everything is a la carte and younger people aren't choosing to package Everything together. They want to pay for everything individually. They want to get their Netflix and they want their Macs or their Disney, whatever it is, and they're willing to discard everything that's on the side. And this has been problematic for local network television operations for several years now, because nobody is watching. Nobody, when I say nobody, nobody comparatively, it's not literally nobody. Don't take me literally. But nobody watches the news the way they used to. News comes to us on our phones, and it's quick with video clips, and we don't have to sit through commercials, and we don't have to sit through the fluffy pieces to get to the biggest stories of the day. A local television outlet packs into 22 minutes. So ESPN, which has lived fat for a long time, continues to purge and continues to cut bloated salaries, salaries on, in many of these cases, that were very well-earned, and I would start by praising the career of Susie Colbert. And for those of you who go back with me, you might recall the time when I was not one of Susie's biggest fans, when she was the sideline reporter on the Sunday Night Crew, and it was an ESPN crew that included uh, Paul McGuire, and Joe Theisman sitting next to the always over enthusiastic dude whose name is escaping me right now. And it's a, uh, he's more of a college basketball announcer than anybody, but he was doing those games. And on a great night in paradise, always overselling the product. And that was what I thought Susie's problem was. She was initially way too, way too much of an overseller of the news and I said somebody should burn her DVD copy of broadcast news when Albert Brooks's character is getting some pointers from William Hurt who's not as smart William Hurt's character is not as smart as Albert Brooks's character in broadcast news but he has polish and he is climbing to the top at the network level because he's good on camera and he teaches Brooks to punch when you feel yourself just reading start selling a little bit and punch a thought. And that's what Susie Colbert did on the sidelines. And it was, it was, it was really, really Mike Patrick, by the way, thank you very much. Hard left hand turn. Mike Patrick was the announcer. whose name. I couldn't pull who was always overly enthusiastic. Now I can get back to Susie, but she grew into the role. And the more flight miles she gained, the better she got. And she was earning. I read, About $3 million a year, and she has made good money for a long time. She's done consistently solid work, uh, whether it's on the sideline or as a studio host. Steve Young, with whom she has worked on Monday night's Countdown show, also uh, gets his head placed in the guillotine. Keyshawn Johnson, another NFL personality gone. Lesser-known Rob Ninkovich. Uh, not lesser known necessarily in Northwest Indiana and the Southwest burbs boiler up by the way, but uh, a member of the Patriots, he got popped to uh, Jeff Van Gundy and Jalen Rose from ESPN's coverage of the NBA, two of the bigger names uh, executed as well in the salary purge. And Van Gundy has always been a fan favorite or Or a guy people love to hate but can't take their eyes off of him and can't stop listening to whatever he says. I always have liked Jeff Van Gundy, though I don't watch the NBA in 2023 and haven't for a number of years back in the Bulls' glory days of the 90s. Van Gundy, when he was coaching the Knicks and shortly after, when he went to the broadcast booth, he was a regular contributor on my shows. And, yes, that makes me biased, admittedly. But he was a really good contributor and he was entertaining and not many coaches in any sport are like that. You get one who is. You hang on to that guy. You treat him like gold because he is gold. And uh, over the years, uh, he's been a terrific broadcaster. He's not the reason people watch the games. And nobody who works the microphone, whether it's a play-by-play man, an analyst, a sideline reporter, a pre, half, and post, they aren't the reasons these numbers are what they are with broadcast rights contracts, yet they get paid the most. What Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are getting now. And I I pitched for ESPN to step up. I was glad they did. They stopped wading in the B-band uh, waters with <laughs> uh, some of the talents they've had in those bigger roles just don't agree with me, and it it was good to see them pony up for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They're, they're playing big boy by big boy rules, and I wanted that. I really wanted Peyton Manning more than anything. Instead, we got the Manning cast, which has become way overproduced and annoying and jumped the shark in three episodes, not interested in hearing the awkward interviews. If you want to mic those guys up and let them watch the game together, do that. But because of technology, ESPN is bleeding money and ESPN, which was once a little garage band operation out of Chris Berman's garage, or maybe it was Bob Lee, uh, his basement, maybe they had studios in both locations, which soared to the top and became the worldwide leader it's a victim of technology. It's a victim of progress. Yours may be a business that is one of those as well. But for so many years, and look at the earnings of some of these people and some of their estimated. I love, I love looking at net worth estimation. Mine is entertaining too. Uh Susie Colbert, reportedly worth $16 million. She's, you know, that's great. She's earned that. But ESPN also used you know uh, they had an inflated travel budget they always went first cabin during my eight years at espn zero one through early zero nine i had zero complaints about and anybody who did have complaints should be smacked uh because they took good care of us when we traveled, we stayed in the best facilities. We all were compensated very, very well. We had to fight to get the producers; they're they're just due of a successful show. But ultimately, we did that and were able to convince management to hire three producers on one radio show, the Mac Yurko, and Harry Show, and that's kind of unheard of. So they treated us very, very well. I have no complaints. I was I was handsomely compensated, and they were generous with a travel budget. They went first cabin every time top shelf no complaints but this is the back end the fatted calf has been slaughtered and technology is clipped into newspapers it's cut into terrestrial radio terribly television is not a dying business neither are the other two i just mentioned oh, the sun times is going to go out of business people have been saying the sun times is going out of business for 30 freaking years it isn't going to go out of business. It's just a shell of what it was. It's a co- it's a it's a it's a menu. I was going to say it's a cocktail napkin, but it's more like a dinner menu. Even the Sunday papers are so very thin. I have accepted that. That's the way it goes. It's called progress. It puts people out of work. It takes away jobs. It's hurtful. There are a lot of businesses that have been crushed by the internet. I look, ask somebody who tried to. Uh, who earned a good living in car sales years ago. Ask them what the Internet's done to their business. Ask a ma and pa shop what uh, what the big warehousers, what Amazon Prime has done to their business. You can't compete anymore. It's it, It's a ruthless, vicious world that is always changing. And while I feel bad for those whose heads met the chopping block. I know all of them have, and and most of them have very clean reputations. They should be able to find work if they want it. I wish them all luck. Susie Colber is only 50. She's 59 years old. She is smoking too at at 55. She's a terrific reporter. She's got enormous enthusiasm. I really like her, her game and I'm sure she's going to find the type of work that she will find satisfying. And in a very, I I thought it was a cryptic tweet. She said something about finding a new challenge that gives back. And I don't know if that was a veiled shot. It is veiled because it could mean a lot of things. It could mean giving back in terms of what your efforts for something means to you uh, more personally. Like if you get involved with a charity or something like that, and that's, that's giving back in a different way, compensating you with helping you feel good about your altruism. Maybe that's part of it, but I just thought that was kind of an interesting statement by Susie Colbert. I, uh, I, I have baseball thoughts and uh, I, I get to those after just concluding it by saying, I'm looking forward to whoever does the games this year. I will. I miss Susie Colbert. I probably won't notice it. I'll probably be critical of the, the newbies the first few times, and then I will get used to them. We will all adjust. It doesn't change my love for the game in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't change my love for the broadcast of games. It's just the ever-changing world of sports media. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast and tell a friend the Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week. Typically on Monday late mornings, we drop. And then again later in the week on Thursday, I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. There was baseball in Milwaukee and in Chicago yesterday. Let me, uh, let me do the Cubs first because Ian Happ deserves to be up first on any commentary I have on local baseball. Happ threw out two runners at the plate yesterday to get the Cubs off of the schneid because they've been bedshitting since, they, since that last game in London against the Cardinals when they blew an early lead. They've been terrible since. Hap throws out two runners yesterday, and they salvage a win. Uh, The bullpen, which had been very good for four or five weeks, bumpy these last few games, and it was again yesterday. Kyle Hendricks, another quality start. Man, Hendu's earned run average is dipped to 2.96. He doesn't walk, guys. His whip is under a buck. I hate that. His whip is under one. Don't say a buck fifty. How far am I out? About a buck fifty. Looks like about an eight iron. Used to be a nine iron. Uh, But Hap was terrific throwing out two runners. One was a guy trying to score on a base hit from say Hap is in left field, guy trying to score on a single to left. The other's a sack fly. He nails them both, uh, including walk off style throwing a guy out at the plate. uh, The seven two put out. That's quite delicious. And uh, the Cubs managed to beat the Brewers. So hopefully that will jumpstart them because they could use it. Dansby Swanson hit a colossal home run uh, against Milwaukee yesterday, and the Cubs almost let that thing get away. They they didn't finish what they started Monday. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was Monday on the 3rd. I'm getting a little confused. This sort of feels like a Monday, as I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way but uh so the cubs turn it around against the brewers and uh they're you know they're probably going to be selling when we get close to the trading deadline how much they're willing to part with uh, you know it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with marcus stroman i think that that as much as anything because he's 31 you got it you got to take that into consideration with stroman do you really want to lock him into your long term future if you get a tasty trade proposal for your best pitcher. That uh that would make it that would make it tough for me to say, yeah, let's let's hang on to him. I might be inclined to part company. But in that division, just like we've been saying about the American League Central with the White Sox this year, you can hang around. Can you do anything in October? I doubt it. Not with their offenses, either of them really. All right, here's the White Sox. They they lost to the Blue Jays yesterday, but Sox fans got what they want because Junior homered. It's, it, Luis Robert Jr. has become 2023 Sammy Sosa. Did you go to the Sox game like you were playing? Yeah. Did you have fun? Yeah, they lost, but Robert hit a 450-foot bomb, 24-degree launch angle. Crush that son of a bitch. Man, it was a bomb. After grounding out his first two trips to the plate Tuesday, Robert delivers, but it's not enough. And the White Sox lose to the Blue Jays four to three to fall back below the 500 mark at the G spot guaranteed rate, formerly known as progressive rate field. That would be a bad insurance policy to grab progressive rate. Yep. The more payments I make, the higher they get. Um, I, I, I find it entertaining and by the way, when they struck out in the in the ninth, Jake Berger was the last. And Berger is the guy who salvaged their one win in Oakland. That's what I really want to talk about as much as anything. But Berger, Berger was the last of three strikeout victims. The Sox fail against Toronto. They lose 4-3 to three on the south side. Lance Lynn will get the ball tonight, uh, tonight for the White Sox. My my treat was what happened in Oakland. I am not going to, to bullshit you. I wanted the White Sox to get swept after they dropped their first two, and they almost did it, even though they had a four-run lead late on Sunday after losing the first two games Friday and Saturday. The A's chipped away in the eighth and ninth innings but came up a little bit short, and the White Sox hung on and won a game by one run. This is an Oakland team as you probably are aware, that is chasing the 62 Mets for futility. These athletics just might bust that Mets record of 120 losses in 1962. That Mets team, their, their, their pinstripes didn't line up on their, on their uniforms. They were so dysfunctional. And the A's clipped them in games one and two in Oakland. Sox scoring runs, but not preventing runs against Oakland. Oh, man, is that something? That is really, that says it all right there. And the White Sox, 13 games below 500. Other than Sammy Sosa, I'm sorry, Luis Robert Jr., shit can all of them. Trade them all. Tim Anderson. Yoan Moncada, if you can find a taker for the oft-injured third sacker. If somebody wants Jake Berger for some pop down the stretch, they can have him. He's an injury waiting to happen, too, even though he's been a fun player to watch. He's blown out the Achilles twice, as large as he is. He's not going to have a long career. Andrew Vaughn, you want him? Never been the player a lot of Sox fans thought he was going to be. We'll see if they move along a little bit as we get closer to the deadline. But I find them enormously entertaining. And uh <laughs> I just I was just hoping the A's would have would have completed what they started. Last thoughts for you today are regarding the future of Bill Belichick with the Patriots. Mike Florio with a banner story on uh Tuesday, fourth of July, on uh on the future that looks possibly like it's nearing its conclusion. Because of uh, Robert Kraft wanting wins and not being happy with six Super Bowl rings, he wants more. It's all measured on wins for him. It's not measured on winning percentages and progress. Florio pointing out there was some finger pointing at the end of last season that Belichick was quick to point out when assessing the wreckage of another non-playoff year. They have those since Tom Brady left. Uh, that they spent, uh, what, 27th in the league in salary, that they didn't spend enough money. Yet Kraft has empowered Belichick to do all of the grocery shopping if he wants, and uh, it, it seems like the end probably is near. It ought to be, right? I mean, isn't it time for Bill Belichick to do something else? Would we miss him in the league? No, he's never been entertaining unless you find smug. Something that's fun to look at. I don't. Uh, Is he a cheater? Yeah. Yeah. Has he bent the rules? Sure he has. He's been a great coach. He's been the best coach of all time. I'd like to see him get Shula's record, but I don't really care that much. And I, I just think it's probably time for a new way of doing business. He's been there a hell of a long time, man. He's been there more than 20 years and six Super Bowl championships. (laughs) That makes him the GOAT. That makes him the greatest coach in NFL history, especially in this era. This is not a 2014 league that Shula competed in. This is the NFL where the stakes are high and the, the, the salary cap affords everybody an opportunity to spend you know, it, it doesn't give you the unfair advantages like baseball. If you are in New York or Los Angeles and have those mega million dollar TV deals, you don't get that uh, in baseball. You get that in the NFL. So the competitive balance is is different in that game. And I, I think ultimately the Patriots will wind up going in a different direction. And I can't for the life of me figure out how they regroup and win that division this year with Buffalo still on top of them. I'm not ready to see the Bills take a precipitous dip i still think they're the easy favorite with the jets number two given aaron Rodgers adjusting well and how i can't wait to watch him in hard knocks more aaron Rodgers thoughts coming but i'll be there for all of it because that's what i do in august and watch hbo's hard knocks so the patriots and bill belichick will be one of the stories um to watch this upcoming season to see how they handle early failure if, in fact, they cannot get Mac Jones on the right path. How do you win with Mac Jones? Geez, I don't know. I, I I think they screwed the pooch there. I don't think he's the player they thought he was going to be. And whether they hang on to Belichick, I, I think that will be determined by whether they're a postseason team this year. I want to thank Adam Delavitt, who is the big boss at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, Baby Capone. Thank you for a job well done, as always. And Sam Michael is my executive producer here on the podcast, and I will be up for you again on Friday. Thanks for listening. Have a good next couple of days. It's Wednesday. Whether it feels like Monday or not, it doesn't matter. It's Wednesday. Hey, the weekend is, is right upon us. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan McNeil. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.